Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Hello and welcome everyone to Headliners. I'm Dominic Frisby. Joining me tonight, we have Dave Fulton and Josh Howie. Welcome, gentlemen. How are you both doing? Good, mate. I had written some wonderfully amusing introductions to you both, but for some reason, they did not appear in my auto-cue. So that's why you only got the names today, so I apologise for that. But um, I think I've mentioned your motorcycle riding in my introduction. Have you been motorcycle riding recently, Dave? Yeah, yeah. I, um, <coughs> that's how I get to all my gigs. And... Um... I build bikes, restore bikes. I'm always looking for a deal. Always trying to find the next barn find. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. But you didn't come tonight. You came by GB News Limousine. No, I came by Uber, uh, ah. driven by a, a guy from Kenya. And he was a great company. Man, amazing. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm delighted to see that our guests have arrived in a happy state. Presumably you're in a happy state as well. Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Can't you see? I'm happy to be out of the house. Well, we all are that. Yeah. Right. Um, so let's crack on and do the thing that we always do first, which is to take a look at the headlines. And we start with the Daily Mail, which I have in front of me here. And it has um, a picture of our man, Vladimir Zelensky, looking haunted. Hero leader comes face to face. Uh, with the horrors of Putin's war. And we also have, I suppose it's the headline, huge boost for women's rights. Equality watchdog rules toilets and changing rooms can be protected as single-sex spaces. Huge boost for women's rights. I guess it, that uh, depends on what your definition of woman is. But anyway, we move on to the next story, which is the... Uh, Dave's giving me funny looks. Um, the Daily Telegraph, Channel 4, set to be taken private. That's a story we'll be looking at. Um, and trans women can be banned from female changing rooms. The same story again. On to the Independent. Now or never to prevent worst of climate crisis. Now or never. That must be the 85th time... We've heard that over the last half generation or so. And we also have the atrocities of Buka. And there's a picture of a mourning lady who's lost her husband. On to The Guardian. Um, it's now or never. <laughs> there's a song about that. If the world is to stave off climate disaster, says IPCC, which is an institution that, of course, relies on spreading that particular narrative in order to fund itself, not making any sort of connection between the two. Uh, we have Putin must face war... I am, actually, as it happens. Putin must face war crimes tribunal, says Biden. Uh, that's a story we'll be looking at, and also Channel 4 to be sold off, despite opposition. On to the FT, the Financial Times, France seeks ban on Russian coal and oil as US urges war crime trial. And then there's also city minister registers shift in tone on crypto with push to create global hub. And that's a story we'll be looking at as well. On to the Times. Uh, Britain calls for tougher sanctions on Russia. Um, outsourcing of migrants to Rwanda edges closer. Cool, blimey. And now or never... But world can avoid climate disaster, <laughs> says UN. 
Onto the sun and uh, June lit up Albert Square. Tears as Ender's icon Dot dies at the age of 95. That's, we'll be looking at that story too. The Metro kidnapped, tortured, killed for kicks. Just horrifying stuff. And finally, we have the Daily Star. Easter hell days. Wish we weren't here. Airports and roads, chaos as family holes ruined, hundreds of flights axed and ports gridlocked. And worst of all, Spanish hotel closures as they run out of bog roll. <laughs> and those are the headlines. And so we kick off with the front cover of Tuesday's Times and Britain calling for tougher sanctions on Russia. Josh, tell us the story. Yeah, so as more and more uh, evidence of the atrocities that the Russian uh, soldiers have committed uh, whilst they were holding that, um, those parts of the country are coming out and we're talking mass graves, we're talking rape, we're talking about disfigured, uh, tortured civilians um, and this is uh, to, to see this stuff and uh, I, some of it I looked at and I and some of it I just couldn't I couldn't I couldn't look at it to be honest it was, it was I I know it just sounds naive I just cannot believe how one human being would do that to another yeah it's amazing and then you sort of because but you wonder what sort of propaganda they're being shown in Russia, where you, I, I saw some footage of some just normal Russians, and the stuff that they're coming out with is just like, yeah, you, who cares about them? Who they're not even? They're just a piece of land. They're just they're Nazis. Well, in Russia, yeah, no, yeah, oh, well, to the Russian they narrative, yeah, they're yeah. saying they're Nazis. Yeah, it's uh, the somebody Nazi, so the Jewish president. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Well, didn't didn't Ukraine kind of side with the Nazis because they were fighting the Russians, so they were kind of like you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing? Because that's what the Finns were. The Finns side with the Nazis you know, when they were fighting the Russians, because, like, we don't like the Russians, and so if you guys are fighting Russians, we're with you, and then... Sure, but <clears throat> 70 years ago? Yeah, I know, exactly, the same thing. So, yeah. But that's why, that's the narrative. They just pick up on that and There's go... There's more Nazis in Russia than there are in Ukraine. Dude, there's more Nazis in my home state, Idaho, than there is in Ukraine. So, um, yeah. It's, uh, it's great. But, but so this story is... Um, the UK government are calling for basically tougher sanctions. Finally, let's get Russia out of SWIFT. Let's stop their ships, all of their ships, in different ports, and let's continue this isolation to, to make them pay for their crimes. Germany's still buying the gas. Mm. Right, Tuesday's Guardian is leading uh, with the UN warning about climate change again. Dave? Yes, um, the IPCC climate report, that's, it sees we have to slash admissions now. The world can avoid the worst effects. Um, and, you know, they come out, world leaders and businesses are telling lies. Really? Um, yeah, news to me. Uh, but they've come in, yeah, the UN has warned all this. And, and, and it's, 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 it always, it's, it's like cyclic, you know, it comes up. <clears throat> we, it, it, I don't know what the problem is here. It just keeps, you know, okay, world can still avoid the worst consequences of climate change and the transformation needed is, af is affordable, but climate, uh, global greenhouse gas emissions must peak by 2025, three years from now. At the, at the latest and fall by 43% by 2030, you know, eight years from now. So 43% fall in eight years of, of, uh, of emissions. I mean, this isn't the stock market, you know. I mean, how, how do you do it's that? It's not going to happen. You just it's need, not going to happen. Just, it's just physically impossible for this to happen. It's not going to happen. 
And I'll just give you one basic statistic why it's not going to happen, is that more than 50% of global coal is consumed by China. Yeah. And they don't subscribe to the same narrative. No. Yeah. So I mean, you're not going to change. It's well, not, I, I mean, it's and a, that's even if you and, and there's a lot of hot air to this climate change argument anyway. But that's you, even if you don't. But even get on, into even it. on the backside of all that, I mean, you know, I, 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 I'm obviously American. I go back to America. And I'm from the, the the Northwest, where people drive the largest, most expensive pickup trucks they can possibly find. We're looking at six to eight miles per gallon on some of these things. And the idea for them to just swap over to electric cars is like an American kind of bullshit. So <clears throat> they're still flying, you know, Trump flags in the back of their pickups, and because they're in denial about it. how do you how do you convince those people that hey man, you know, you don't need this. You can get a little bit better mileage on this, or go to electric, or the, you know, some of the alternative fuels on this, and and they just they just won't buy it. I mean, it's it's I just think it, it's, too, it's been... too much statistics. People they throw all these numbers at everybody. This is what's going to happen. This is going to happen. The ocean arrive at this one point five you know, 2030, you know, on and on and on. It's, there's, there's no sexy way to put it. I mean, you need to have a kid, this is what the kid's going to be standing in the water and now this is what he's going to be over his head in, in five years kind of thing. But I don't know if, if fear, tactic, fear tactics don't work. Well, it's that film, uh, Don't Look Up, you know, which was on Netflix recently, which was like the idea of what, you know, it was Adam McKay film and the, um, there was a... Denial. Yeah, yeah, the asteroids coming to Earth and it was sort of used as this thing where people, even at that point, with all the evidence... Because it's it's very hard for people to contextualise this in terms of their lives. There's all that, but the the fundamental problem is that fossil fuels remain the best source of energy that there is, and until there is a better substitute, people will carry on using fossil. Well, there's, you know, but then, but nuclear energy is is an amazing clean force. Can't drive a car with nuclear power. I know, no, but you can power all these other things they're using for sure. coal to power. Nuclear energy and they is won't fantastic, do it. and they won't do with the back end of that. And then you get all these. That's a whole different. You get all these electric worms. cars, like, oh, I bought a Tesla. I'm saving the planet. I'm like, what are you going to do with the batteries when they're done? They're incredibly toxic. Yeah, you know, how do you mine all the lithium that goes into the battery in the first place? Yes, yeah. and on and on and on. Right, let's go. We're not going to solve climate change here. What? So what? let's move on, on to The Guardian and the latest development in the Ukraine conflict, at least as far as the West is concerned, is that President Joe Biden is calling on Vladimir Putin to face war crimes. Yeah, this is what I was talking about in the story before. But this also um, is that it seems like Biden is also kind of saying... I told you he was a war criminal, and now he's kind of justifying it. Like, he said it before, and everyone was a bit shocked, like, oh, wait a minute, calm down. And now that this stuff is coming out, Biden's going, well, hey, look, I said that, and actually, look, it's sort of true. So he's, it's like he's also trying to make a point that he was right, uh, which, which he is right, but still, it's like, you don't need to sort of go, I told you so. Next time around, Dave, are they going to elect a much younger man, do you think? <clears throat> you have to understand, this all came about... Go Trump... Trump ran because uh, Obama made fun of him at the foreign you know, press conference, you know, dinner, right? Mm. So he goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run president, I'm going to put him out. And Sammy said, well, he's already done two terms, you can't, you, he's not going to run a third. So he ran for president to, to kind of prove one up on Obama, because that's how Trump is. I lived in New York City in the 80s. I he thought was I was asking about Biden. He was a Vic. No, no, I'm saying. So, so, so Trump, Trump, Trump comes in. Trump wins because nobody liked Hillary, right? Mm. Trump gets in there for four years. Absolute train wreck. I don't care what anybody says. He's huge. He's, he's just a, You're not reading the room, Dave. No, I, I, yeah, forget it. You can troll me all you want. <laughs> Trump is POS. And then, so Biden gets in because Trump has obviously lost the plot. You know, and it's one of those things where, like, you know, the Democrats going, is this the best you could come up with? The old guy. The old guy didn't want to do it. And now he's back in there. He's like, I'm only going to do four years. I'm like, no, I'm going to go for re-election. 
So now the Democrats, okay, we'll bring somebody else in the front runner. And, they, and, they, and the people they parade out, you just go, oh, my God. And so the Republicans are going, well, we're going to put this guy forward. And you're like, really, this is your best thing? The, the experiment that is the republic known as America is, is on a downward, downward slide. He, did, he didn't want to do it, but he stood anyway. Right. Mm. <laughs> the uh, beloved actress June Brown, who most famously played Doc Cotton in EastEnders, has died at the age of 95. And I'm going to read you the first three paragraphs of her Times obit, mm. as it contains the most extraordinary... I don't know what... Jump? Chain, jump, yes, yeah. thank you. Change of tack, I think I've ever read in an obit. And so it goes like this. The actress June Brown, who played the colourful Doc Cotton in 2,884 episodes of EastEnders, has died at the age of 95 at her home in Surrey. All right so far. A very bright light has gone out at EastEnders today, but we shall all be raising a sweet sherry in June's memory, a spokesman for the programme said. Brown died surrounded by family. End of paragraph two, we're OK. As a child, there was nothing June Brown liked better than putting a rabbit in a biscuit tin, gassing it, and then cutting it up. What an odd thing to mention in the third paragraph <laughs> of an obit. Fantastic. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. I, honestly, I, I thought it'd be, you know, I said this earlier, would it be great is, it, is, is the shot of, you know, this is obviously, everybody's read this, everybody's at the funeral memorial service, and the whole front three rows are, rows are people dressed as rabbits. <laughs> She would be cancelled nowadays. <laughs> like, yeah, she'd be. A, but it's uh, it's uh, for people of a certain generation. I mean, who grew up watching her. She was like a daily, you know. Yeah, she was there. great. She was part of our life. But she was also what's interesting was the first time you, you ever see her being interviewed. When you what you're like, wait a minute, who's that posh lady? And because she was so, she had this like such a clipped sort of English yeah. voice. But it was such a it was such a ma massive jump for like an eight-year-old to see her being interviewed on Wogan or wherever it was, that you sort of like, wait a minute, there's a whole, are you telling me these aren't the real people? And that was, she was kind of the first person who did that for me. I'm going to defend her rabbit habits, if okay. I'm... OK. Yeah. I'm with you. You, like, you, you do I'm dogs, you do you? Well, no, oh. only because um, Dad, my dad was born maybe three or four years after her, mm. and he just used to talk about, they used to catch rabbits all the time in World War II, especially when food was scarce and they used to... Um, uh, you know, catch them in little traps and things, and then they always used to dissect them, and some of them they'd eat, and then they just kind of look at the insides a bit like, you know, we did with frogs in biology or something, so... Okay, that, that's I'm gonna looking forward her. to reading your dad's obituary. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not too soon, I hope. That didn't come out the right way. No, Sorry it didn't. About he, that. He, 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 he left us two years ago, but okay. never mind. Um, Phew! <laughs> you got away with that one. <laughs> Um, but uh, I, I've, I've got a, a show I'm doing all about it, Josh, and I'll invite you to sit in the front row. Right, Eye News is next. And the list of COVID symptoms has expanded, Dave. <clears throat> oh, sorry. The, um, yes, it's, it's now nine. Uh, and and at, at, at what point? They just keep adding on and on with this. I mean, it's gotten to the point. I mean, I had COVID at the beginning. Two years ago, I had it. And it, and it put me Trendsetter. down. <laughs> yeah, it, it put me down hard, and my son got it, and it scared us very bad. They hear him breathing and stuff. So then, and of course, as viruses move on, they mutate. I am obviously a Facebook um, uh, uh, expert as a result of all this. But the, um, but yeah, nine new. So the new ones are shortness of breath, feeling tired or exhausted, an aching body, I mean, a headache, and I get day. that. I'm I get that like... just sitting next to Josh. <laughs> <laughs> a sore throat, once again, still there. Blocked or runny nose. Loss of appetite. We could all use that. 
diarrhea, feeling sick that? or being you sick. That one? Diarrhea? You got that right now? Yeah. Uh, no, to. I didn't. I did earlier, but I'm fine now. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah, so these are all pretty much, the, <laughs> if, you're, if you're British, this is like, well, this is food poisoning and a good night out. I mean, that's all it is. So uh, at, at, at what point are you just kind of, well, I, have, I think I have COVID. Have you done the test? No, but I've, I've checked a couple of these off. I think I have it again. I don't, I don't know. I think it's, the thing is we just got to get on with our lives. We can't afford to lock down again. I mean, the lockdown for me personally as a comedian was this two-year blip, you know, not unlike, you know, uh, Thanos clicking his fingers and I suddenly just lost two years of my life and all the things I wanted to do and plan were just gone. And nobody moved or did anything. And all my friends back in Idaho, we're still skiing. I'm like, dude, we can't leave our house for more than an hour. Or it's a 200-pound fine, unless, of course, you're in Westminster, and then you can party and have nachos and, yeah. and the whatnot. But, yeah, I mean, so nine more? Nine more of these? I'm What's sorry. What's interesting is, supposedly, Go at the away. moment, it's like there's the most amount of people who have had COVID ever in this country. I think five million or something. Five million. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yet... Guess what? Almost one in ten. No, it's we're, one in thirteen. We're surviving and we're functioning as a society. And I know, of course, that's down to having the vaccine and stuff. But there was that time after when the vaccine first came out, and people were still keeping the lockdown going, where we could have got, we could have a year there could have been saved. I tell you, all those backbenchers who who stopped that last lockdown just yeah. before Christmas, they should be. We should go and praise them because they stopped us going down that path. We showed the rest of Europe, and once one country does it, everyone else copies and. We owe those backbenches. Right, COVID restrictions have left young children lacking social skills, says The Telegraph, Josh. Yeah, so uh, that's exactly uh, what the headline is. It's The Telegraph. People are now... This is Things are now starting to come out. As the narrative is... I remember you sent me this article, which is about how it was all a narrative, the whole mm. pandemic narrative that has now been shifted and now people are looking backwards and people are finally in the mainstream media questioning some of these decisions... And particularly, and the one that I, that even when I was at my most sort of blinkered as to COVID and like we got, you know, it, it was always like this whole thing of closing down schools because I could see at, in my own home that the massive impact it was having on my children. And I'm still angry about it to, to this day. And I got a, an email from my school just before I came here saying, by the way, if anybody's going to take off a day holiday on the day before or after Easter break, we're going to report you to the local authority <laughs> for missing a day's school. And I just thought, how dare you? You have, who were dragged kicking and screaming back into the classroom to do your job. Everyone else did their job. All the people working in the supermarket did their job. All the people delivering. Everybody else putting their lives at risk. Educating our children, the unions had to be like, no, no. And even when they finally did start going back, it was like, no, now we're going to explode. Everything. The society's going to crumble. Everyone's going to like, oh, it didn't happen. It, uh, and it disgusts me. And, you know, all that stuff about how one day's school makes a big... can be a B to a C. Two years of school they missed. It's, it's crazy. I love it when Josh Howie rants. It's and I, well, I, we have GDUs. It's just, it's just like, <laughs> I'm just still traumatised from homeschooling. <laughs> it's basically really what it comes down to. I'm with you, man. I've I only got one kid. I would call him up and go, how are you doing? I'm fine! And I'd, hear the, I'd, I'd literally hear the phone off going, put that down! No! You're hurting. Oh, don't cut him again. I mean, just yelling just at his kids. Trying to two just, plus two is four. I had to educate like three. It was it was it was yeah, crazy. Yeah. They've, they've just shut my younger son's um, school down last week because of all the COVID outbreak. Oh. So I'm going to get you on the phone. Too. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm going to send them future. a clip of Josh Howie <laughs> and say I'm going to send him down to have a word with you.
Stonewall has pulled out of a government conference. I'm sure the government is devastated. Uh, who's got this one? I do. Um, yeah, Stonewall and 80 LGBTQ groups have pulled out of the government conference over trans conversion U-turn. Stonewall said the LGBTQ community's trust in the government is, quote-unquote, shattered. Uh, and you know what? I'm, uh, I'm sorry. I'm with the, uh, you know... I don't understand conversion therapy anyway, and I don't know why. If you have the decision, this is what you want to be, or this is how you, if you were born and you want to go through this, then do it. And and the well, Dave, that, let me just explain to you what's going on here <laughs> in this particular. I can feel a rant coming on. Here we go. <laughs> so but, this is what's happening, Dave. But, by the oh. way, I, I purposely <laughs> did this. <laughs> did poke the bear. Yeah, this by the way. The and, and, and getting to, by, we're getting to the toilet thing. All oh, women, this, women, that. They just have, just have a freaking toilet. All right? This is the toilet. Okay. And here's we're doing the individual. That. We're doing that. We'll get to that. Do, do the Let choices. me just, if I can sum this up in the thing. Now, this isn't about gay conversion therapy, which is, is being banned, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pray the gay away. Yeah. The difference is, is that this idea of trans conversion, first of all, you're defining, trying to define what trans is, which is a very hard thing to do. But the thing is that children who are going in and identifying as trans, the danger of this banning trans conversion is that you're not giving them... Uh, you're not what's called affirming their trans identity straight away. And the fact is that a lot of 35% of children who are coming in uh, saying that they're trans are, are, are autistic. A lot of them have internalized homophobia. So to just, and suffering from depression, some of them maybe have been sexually abused. There are a myriad of reasons and underlying conditions that might take the form of them saying, I am trans. So to just go in and say, Oh, yeah, here you are, and here's some hormones. And <coughs> no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is that if you are the danger of this whole, like, banning trans conversion is that those doctors who go in and say, wait a minute, let's maybe you're trans, maybe you're not, but let's have a look at what's going on here. Those people under this that, that new legislation that's not been put through now could have been sued or stopped from doing their job. And that's what the problem is. And Stonewall, this is what they do, is that they go... They have a big... You know, first of all, it was no debate. Secondly, it was like the, the EHRC, who we're going to talk about in a second, they like came out and said very clearly, this is what the law is, as opposed to what Stonewall wants it to be. And, and what did Stonewall do? We're going to recommend you to the UN because you're not doing... That stuff has been rejected, their complaint, by the UN that said that that's ridiculous. Now, what's the government have not done what they want to do on this particular thing, and they're going, right, we're going to stop now and you're going to try and cancel the government. This, it, that part of the legislation when it came to the trans stuff was very complicated and could have had ramifications and need to be looked at much, much more. The gay um, uh, part of it is good and, and it's great that that stuff is Simon good. Fanshawe, who was one of the founders of Stonewall, yeah. was on the show with you the other day. One of the things he was saying to me is, is Stonewall should probably just have stopped... It achieved its aims oh. and it probably should have just stopped six or seven years ago and, but in order to justify its existence, it needs to find and new battles to came, fight. A, a, and the battles get increasingly insane. A clip that came out today is exactly that of the head of Stonewall six years ago going, well, now we've got gay marriage and whatever. What is our next cause? And saying trans and stuff. And that's how they were going to make money because people were stopping to donate to Stonewall. And this is how they made money. And this is what they've done. And there's that brilliant BBC thing, Stonewall, which looks into exactly what they've done here. Right to reply. <clears throat> well, honestly... I am a binary white guy out of America who is considered too old for the entertainment industry. And as far as like my insight on any of this is limited 
um, by my own admission, my attitude is like, whatever you're gonna do, get on with it, as long as it doesn't cause a murder. Now look, if you are born one way and you feel you identify with another way, then work through that. Try to figure out that is. Find out, is there a reason for that? You know, do you generally feel that you are not this person anymore and you feel more comfortable being this other person? Then, all right, then explore that. But as far as like just tick, going to an office, ticking a box and having the thing done, no, that's gonna be wrong on a lot of fronts. You know, so <clears throat> is Stonewall trying to generate money and more, you know, followers on the back of that? I don't know. Yeah, it maybe it's all down to business. It's all down to making money. It's all down to trying to keep these people afloat. The people who are in charge of all these groups make a lot of money being in charge of these groups. And if you don't keep yourself out in front of that, you don't get the money. Now, Subsidy <clears throat> corrupts. Right, Josh, give us the trans woman in the, in the lavatory story. Another one that you'd be happy about. <laughs> so nice to finally be able to talk about this stuff. Um, so, yeah. I think we're talking about this on, on headliners more than we're talking about inflation. But anyway, carry uh, on. Well, I, I, to be honest, I think this is, is the most important debate going on in our today in our society because it incorporates so much stuff, including just the belief or just what do you think of science? Do you follow science or not? It, does that top trump feelings? And I think that at the core of it, we're talking about truth here. Um, that isn't to say that, that, that trans people don't, you know, should be supported, there should be no prejudice against them, but that is very different when you've got two sets of rights here and, and who trumps who. And now we're at least allowed to talk about it, which is what's happening in this article in The Telegraph, where the EHRC today, the Equality Human Rights Commission, have, have come out with their report basically laying out exactly what the law is as opposed to what Stonewall has been telling people over the last five, six years, is that they want it to be, in terms of these single-sex spaces, where places like rape centres, domestic uh, abuse centres, women are allowed to... Biological women, lavatories, biological women are allowed to have those as single-sex spaces, not gender spaces, single-sex, biological sex spaces. And that's fine, and that's enshrined in law, as the way it should be, and now this has been laid out and sent out to all the companies that have been bringing through these sort of... There's nothing wrong with a gender-neutral toilet, but you need to have provision also for single-sex toilets as well. I can't stand gender-neutral toilets myself. No, but it's not... I mean, it's not... I'm No, but I'm But you know what, I'm just saying, I, and me using that example of toilets seems to be the thing. That's not really what it's all yeah. about. It's not about toilets. It's about rape... You know, the head of the Edinburgh Rape Crisis Centre, who is a trans woman, was basically saying that if a woman comes in and doesn't want to be seen by a like a biological man, but, like, to have therapy with a biological man, that person is a bigot and needs to be trained to not be a bigot. You're like, no, that person is a rape victim and they need to get help. Now, what the Equality and Human Rights Commission is asking itself is, with this ruling, does it have the Dave Fulton thumbs up? Uh, yeah. I'm kind of with Josh in this. I mean, I'm, my feeling is if you are... I don't be anywhere else in the way is... <laughs> no, 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 no. If, if you have been raped and you come in to get rape counselling, and, you, and the person there behind the counter is a trans, used to be a man, and now is a woman. And, and if you go, I don't feel comfortable with this, can I speak to a woman, please? They should go, no problem. It's about you, it's not about me, it's about you. You've been raped, you're the victim, so let's get you somebody to get you some help. Because as soon as you start saying like, well, oh my God, you're this and that, then you're, you're, you're taking the attitude of like, sure, you've been raped, but now I'm the victim because you don't wanna to talk to me because now I'm, now I'm a woman. No, no, man. You know, you, you made that decision. Great. You're now a woman. 
fine. But look, if I'm a woman and I've been I've been raped and and I don't feel comfortable talking to you for any reason for that matter. Maybe y'all like your haircut. I don't like what you're wearing. I want to talk to somebody else. They should go. No problem. There it is. Done. Done. Mm. Drama next in the mirror. Kinder eggs are contaminated, Dave. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think Kinder eggs are disgusting. Sorry. I think they're absolutely my son. He goes, can I have one? No, you can't. They're disgusting. So he will never have it. They're 85p. <clears throat> yeah, see, I don't even know, know that. that. Yeah. You know, uh, they're 57, 57 children. What happened? Kinder egg surprise chocolate eggs urgently recalled after 57 children catch salmonella. So, and as opposed to the other 1.5 million who ate them are now borderline type 2 diabetic. Uh, you know, so yeah, Kinder egg, you know, big hit on, on the backside of this. You know, uh, people actually buying this stuff and eating it. I'm not a fan. And, and they're saying, you know, if, buy the eggs best before between July 11th, 2022 and October 7th, 2022. I didn't know candy had sell-by dates. I'm sorry. Also, I didn't know <laughs> yeah, eggs could last that long. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know anybody went, oh, my God, hey, it's just still good for another month. Hey, is that candy any good? No, kids, got, here's candy. Good. It's gone. It's gone. They ate it. That's done. You know, so, no, I have... Here's my kid to surprise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Which the, looks like what's inside of them, so... The, um, the world's biggest ego has taken a stake in the world's biggest cesspit. Josh, this is this from is, the Times. Is this about me? No. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Elon, Elon Musk has become Twitter's biggest shareholder, now controlling 9.2% of the company. And this is a big deal because there's a lot. Twitter gets a lot of. I'm, I'm on Twitter a fair amount, but it gets a lot of criticism for the way it deals with free speech, and they ban Trump famously. But also the way that but they. But not the Taliban. Yeah, but not the Taliban exactly. <laughs> and there's hypocrisy there within the people that they choose to seemingly promote with their algorithms, and the people that they seemingly censor with their algorithms. And certainly over, I've seen it with. I've seen people who. Um, anti-Semites who don't get banned, and I've seen people who fight anti-Semitism get banned for, like, ridiculous, innocuous stuff. I've seen people... I've seen people get banned for retweeting newspaper headlines. Absolutely, yeah. You, yeah. There, there, there isn't a consistency there of their different policies. And then you also have... The, the one that happened yesterday was you had this person basically doing a song that was like a death threat to J.K. Rowling, not get banned, but it did get a lot of publicity and then went on to various publications, finally getting banned today. But initially, all these people sent complaints in and Twitter came back and said, this does not break our rules of whatever. That, that is not right. So Elon Musk now has obviously take, paid notice of this. He put on a poll, uh, I think about a week ago, saying... What do you think about does but it he would have already taken his stake? Yeah, absolutely. But, to take but, a stake in a company that, that well, big. To take it, well, I guess this was it, it, the lead it, in to that. Yeah, so, take, it, it would have accumulated it over many weeks. But seventy percent of the people replying to the Twitter poll said yes, they think that Twitter has a problem when it comes to mm. free speech. So he people were at that time going, wait a minute, is he going to start his own? particular social media thing or whatever. No, it just seems like, as you say, he was putting the things in now, and maybe now he's the, he's the biggest shareholder now. Uh, he, he's, it's 2.89 million, billion, sorry, billion, and that's only, that's like 1% of his 300 billion that he kind of, he's worth. And I guess that's worth for him to get in now and maybe make some changes. I've got to say, I mean, he, he owns it. He, he's not on the board. He'll be able to influence what happens on the board. But he's a little bit dodgy, I think, because... You know, he will have already accumulated his position when he was saying, is a new platform needed? I'm giving serious thought to this. Now, well, the implication is a new platform is yeah. it will be an alternate platform, a competitor. So he's sort of talking it down 
What, you think the shares dropped? I don't know. Well, the shares have gone up now that he's... Oh, yeah. sure, they've yeah. gone up 20%, but yeah. I wonder if he was talking it down when he was accumulating or... I don't know what he was doing. He's got some previous with Dogecoin. It's almost like he's a genius. <laughs> it's a bit naughty. Naughty genius. Well... Oh, well. Um, naughty Asperger genius. Do you have any um, thoughts on this? <clears throat> well, you know, I'm on Twitter, unfortunately, as well, but, you know, Twitter's not a place. You know, I've, I've some people try to beat me up today, and I don't really care. And In real I, life or on Twitter? Both. And the, um, w the real life was my son, and, right. and, and then Twitter was on Twitter. The... Um, <clears throat> but, you know, I got banned off the Twitter because there was a specific person in America who is, a, you know, a bit of a racist and he would say things accordingly. And he was a sheriff in Chicago. And I said, you should eat your gun. And I got banned on Twitter for promoting suicide. Um, and I found out... As opposed to bad dietary practice. Yeah, and I found so out he's the one it. who reported me. You know, and this is a guy who's saying you have to man up and be tough about this. And, you know, they're just words that don't harm anything. But this guy turned around and reported me for promoting suicide. So, you know, I honestly, I, I hate social media and I hate the fact that I'm on it, you know, and I hate the fact that I have to get on it and then I'll look on stuff and then the next thing I know what, I'm down this rabbit hole just looking at absolute crap. And, um, and Elon Musk, for him to get involved with this, just seems right. Anyway, you so know. follow I'm, Dave at Dave at... <laughs> no, don't. If you, don't want, if you want anti yeah, stuff. No. I'm happy to say that for over a year now, I've blocked Elon Musk Ooh. on Twitter. So... Um, I love this, Dave. A former Whitehall ethics chief yeah. has been fined <laughs> for Partygate. This is from the Mirror and elsewhere. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you, you put that in there. Yeah, he did. He, um, first Partygate staff member breaks cover to apologize for Rockets lockdown bash. So the police investigating the Downing Street parties late, way later than they should have, have handed fixed penalty notices to 20 of... Uh, staff or the party gate thing. Yeah, you know what their notice was? 50 quid. Yeah. 50 quid. If I got it, it'd be 200 pounds. There was a guy. Or more than that. Yeah, yeah, there was a guy running a rave party in the East End. He got banged with 10 grand and he paid it and kept the party going. 50 quid and they waited, what, a year, two years before they brought this thing together? I got 100 quid for cycling on the pavement and I wasn't cycling on the pavement. Uh, yeah, this is two years, nearly two years ago. Yeah, yeah, and I'm just thinking, you know, too little, too late. And people are like, oh, we've had her this and that. I, I hate this ruling kind of thing. What's good for them is not for us. We can get away what we want. Oh, my God, somebody took some pictures of it. And they still got away with it. And they're still ruling this. And they're still making decisions. And 50 quid is what plebes play, pay for that matter. Plebes? I've never heard plebes Plebes before. is a pleb? I don't uh, yeah, know. Ple uh, plebes, I quite like plebes. <laughs> I like plebes better, too. Now, this is a concerning story. The coldest night in 75 years puts French red wine at risk. The, the UN said it was getting hotter, Josh. What's going on? What? Yeah, so um, this, this is in The Telegraph. So The Telegraph doing a story about wine being at risk is kind of like GB News doing a, covering a COVID story. It's like you've got to appeal to your crowd. And uh, so this, everybody, all the Telegraph readers are probably freaking out buying boxes of wine to cover themselves yeah. if, if this crop does fail. Uh, but it is quite an interesting article about how all the different efforts that the uh, wine Musk producers... Elon has taken a 9% <laughs> stake in France. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> to save the wine crop. <laughs> about what they had to do. And like, it turns out they had to light... They basically light a lot of torches mm -hmm. and then blow the smoke over the grapes all during the night. They did basically... The, the orchards haven't... The people who work there haven't slept for, like, 48 hours because they've just been blowing smoke... 
um, to keep these grapes warm enough to heat survive. Cans, yeah, to keep, yeah. This, keep the frost off. Yeah, yeah. Cans, yeah. yeah the, where, where, I, where I grew up, there's um, massive amounts of apple orchards and there's huge vi uh, wineries there as well. And they do the same thing. They have heat cannons that keep the frost off. But the cool thing about this is, because it is a once in you know, 75 years, this is the year to buy the wine. Because, you know, the, the amount, the volume that's going to be coming out of the vineyards is going to be so small, so low, that, you know, where you might have 10,000 bottles come out of one particular vineyard, maybe this year you might only have, you know, 2,000 bottles. So, you know, I would buy cases and cases of this there, year there the, and put them hot, away. Hot, hot investment. Hot, put them away as an investment. Here on headline. And also the, uh, um, uh, what is it, the, uh, uh, what's the dessert wine? It's not Sauternes, it's the... Yes, uh, Sauternes is dessert Okay, yeah. Sauternes. I got, I got mixed up with a, a Sauternes. So the Sauternes wine, when you get these grapes, when they get cold like this, you know, they'll get, they can get sweeter too, especially if it gets hotter. So this is the year to buy Sauternes. This is the year to buy red wine from that region because production is going to be so low and um, it's going to be scarce. Yeah. Put it away. Buy some, red, buy some red wine, get some Kinder Egg Surprise. No. <laughs> You're confusing the no. stories, and, right. And use whatever toilet you want. <laughs> um, uh, the Independent, Lou, Louis C.K.'s Grammy win, Dave. I upset some people. Did you say Louis C.K.? Louis C.K. Did I, I might have said Louis. Said it Lewis. would be my instinct to say Louis. Should I say Louis or Louis, should I say Louis? Louis C.K. He's like, the whole show's called Louis. Like, anyway, whatever. Well, I watched it. Don't mean to criticise him. Sorry. Don't watch other comedians. <laughs> You're going to start singing Sham Sham and the Pharaohs, Louis, Louis yeah. uh, song. So Louis C.K. Um, Grammy win forces everyone to wrestle with cancer culture's most uncomfortable dilemma. Uh, the comedian and TV creator who admitted to sexual misconduct back in 2017 controversially won a Grammy Award last night. The incident was raised wider questions about the divide between art and artists, writes Louis Chilton. So um, I've worked with Louis C.K., didn't have to, you know, masturbate in front of him, uh, years ago in the 90s and doing a comedy competition in, um, in San Francisco. And of the 20 comedians, like Greg Proops and some other amazing comics, he was the one we all came out and watched every night because he was amazing and he was original. And, um, and to watch his career go forward from that was, you know, obviously not surprising. <clears throat> and then when it comes out that he is, you know, asking women, do you mind if I do this in front of you? And then it comes out that, like, well, we feel kind of pressure because he had all this power and stuff, even though he asked all the time. Which made me kind of wonder because he had, on his episode of Louie, he had uh, Joan Rivers on one episode. And I've always wanted to know... If he asked Joan, do you mind if I snap one off, you know? She would chop it off. Yeah. No, I think Joan would sit there and go, I remember when Robert Mitchum did this, when I did the movie The Swimmer. <laughs> you know, go ahead, Louie, you know? Yeah, so one of the things that, you know, okay, so he won the Grammy. Uh, he beat out Kevin Hart, who had a whole bunch of jokes about not wanting his son to grow up gay. So that, that was overlooked. <laughs> and... Um, and, and this whole kind of, you know, how he was canceled, canceled that. I don't know why he was nominated in the first place if people were so upset about this. And it, will Hollywood get over this? Yeah. Because they got over uh, Ilya Kazan, who outed everybody for, you know, being communist during the, uh, the witch hunt, the Joe McCarthy era, things. Yet they still revered on the waterfront and he discovered, you know, um, all these great actors. And, and um, uh, <clears throat> so you just kind of... You know, do have I heard Louis' thing? No, I haven't. Is, do I think it'll probably be funny? Yeah, he's a good writer. You know, do I think he deserved the Grammy? I have no control over any of this. It's, my opinion doesn't matter for any on this, you know? Well, yeah, you're hard for your yeah. opinion, Dave. Yeah, but well, the thing I, is, that I can say whatever I want. And can I give my opinion? Through, yeah, <laughs> your turn. I don't, think, I don't think he should have been nominated in the first place. I don't think he should have been thrown in there. Okay. Because I know some other people in America who are amazing comedians. 
And I don't think he should have been put into that. In Josh, your turn. Okay, I haven't heard it, but let's just say he did what he did. It was wrong, absolutely. He apologized, a proper apology, and accepted that what he did. The question is, as not how long does this continue? This this idea of purgatory. Is there ability to forgive, or are you just? Does that mean for life he is beyond the arts or not? If he made genuinely the best comedy album of the year, now no charges were ever brought against him, and I understand that there were power transfers, and I'm not saying what he did was in any way right, but the point is that if he made the best comedy album, and he hasn't broken, a, even though what he did was morally wrong and arguably illegal as well, but there were no charges, um, then he should win. That's If it's a meritocracy, that's what it is. But this article by The Independent, The Independent really winds me up <laughs> even more so, but it's just the most maddening thing of, like, contradicting itself one second to the other. And then, But the thing that it does that really winds me up is it keeps on going about Woody Allen. What about Woody Allen? And people watch it, you know... Mate, Woody Allen has not been convicted or charged of any crime. Why do you keep on going on about Woody Allen? He did something morally reprehensible in his day. Marrying his, it wasn't his day, but marrying his wife's adopted daughter was morally wrong. But the way that it keeps on going on about it, as Woody Allen and Roman Polanski, those are not the same people who committed similar crime. Woody Allen has not committed a crime. And it really winds me up when I see his name constantly brought in like this. And so to The Guardian and... Uh, and it's not a coincidence that my son is called Woody. <laughs> <laughs> I had a joke at the beginning of the show about you being a Woody Allen impersonator, uh, but anyway, I didn't put it in. Sorry. Right, so to The Guardian and uh, why city-states are better than nation-states. Well, this is really interesting. I did San Marino, which is the oldest city, I think it's 13... Is it 1304 or something that's been around for a 1,000 years or so? Uh, it was it, founded in the year 301. 301, sorry, 2,000 years. Um, so San Marino appoints uh, the world's first openly gay head of state. That's a great, what a great thing. Now, we have had great uh, gay prime ministers uh, in, I believe, Luxembourg and Serbian prime minister, but this is the first openly gay head of state. And what's encouraging about this is, is that it's a, it, the city-state, it was only uh, in 2004 where you could go to jail for being a homosexual. So that's an amazing journey for them to go on over the last 20 years. Uh, and also, when you think where it's located in in Italy, where there is uh, there was an anti-homophobic violence bill was actually voted down. So there's still obviously a lot of homophobia in the region and Italy as a larger um, state. But within this place, it's obviously that the, it's great. It's cool. it's a great example. It's yeah, a great argument for forward. Brexit, Josh, because it shows it? how small states <laughs> and nimble they adapt better and they're quicker than these big behemoths. Okay. <laughs> right, that, that's let's move on. Jesus. The Guardian is next. Well, I didn't and see that uh, on the side of a bus, by the way. <laughs> and it seems the British public do not trust the government to tackle crime, Dave. Well, you know what? Uh, without going into for the detail, I have a vested interest in this. Okay, so they, they, don't, they don't trust the government to tackle crime. And I think one of the reasons is they go, okay, we see these figures coming up, you know, crime coming up. But you know what? The government's not funding the police either. They're not helping the cops in any kind of way. They're not giving them the latest um, technological advances regarding, you know, uh, um, they have these iPads that they report all their stuff with, right, when a crime is committed. 
and they're really slow. And okay. they're, and they're Let tied me just, in with let's it. Just, now, just so the audience knows, let's just do a quick summary of the story. Right, sorry. I, I, yeah, you probably got through the red piece. The government polling finds... Sorry, I got involved with my emotions on that one. Government finds, uh, polling finds a high fear of crime and little confidence anything will be done about it. The public do not believe ministers' promises to tackle crime. Official documents seen by The Guardian show. The Home Office documents reveal polling carried out for the government find a high fear of crime and low confidence, much will be done about it. Okay, you've summarized it beautifully. <coughs> now. My personal opinion on this is the government is not backing the police. And the, another problem is, is the individuals, the actual public is not willing to follow through on this stuff. Because in Soho, I know for a fact that when people are robbed, something that would be stolen off their table, their phone, their purse or whatever, the police will apprehend, more often than not, will apprehend the culprit. And, and bring them back and go, this is the person, right? Yeah, that's the person who stole my phone. Okay, here's your phone. We need you to fill out a report. We need a written statement for this so we can prosecute these people. Like, okay, I'll finally do this. So when they follow up, they call these people 14 days later, like they said they will. Where is your statement? Well, I kind of got my phone back, and I don't really have the time. Or, or here's my statement. Can you come to court? No, I can't come to court right now. So guess what? These criminals know that will happen, so they go back out on the streets and it raises the crime figures because the people here are too lazy to follow through on their actions. Mm. This is coming. This is coming from someone dressed like Reservoir Dogs, so he knows <laughs> what he's talking about. It's, uh, but yeah, this is very frustrating because, of course, the government are trying to go. We're we're amazing on crime and stuff, and people don't believe it. And guess what? They've been cutting all their money for the last ten years. The same <laughs> government. They don't get it, and they're trying to pull out these statistics like knife crime was down ten percent, a firearm offense was down nine percent in two thousand and one. Oh, what happened in two thousand and one? Were people possibly locked away in their homes? That might explain why. Is it great policing and great investment in the police force that's done that? Or is it just lockdown? And another thing, but real quick, is, is the government is selling off the police stations. Because it's like, oh, my God, look how much this real estate is worth. So they sell it off, and they take all those cops, and they put them in another police station. So suddenly a police station that maybe handles 50 cops has got 120 all using the same computers. OK, we have to move on onto the mail, Josh. And a, a trip to the stars could be yours for 40 million quid. 41 million pounds, yes. So, um, yeah, in the mail, they're basically... They're set to launch their first ever space tourism mission uh, to the International Space Station later this week, which is uh, very exciting for those people if they do have... Uh, 41 million pounds. This is a SpaceX Dragon spacecraft, which I think SpaceX is also, um, I believe, Elon Musk, isn't it? Mm, yeah, might be. Yeah, might, yeah. yeah, so this, yeah and all that stuff. So there, it's, it's basically a very expensive way of taking a, a floating selfie. Seems to be, they sort of, they said that they're going up there and they're going to be spending a lot of that time doing science experiments and all these brilliant things. Really, it's just a rich people going. Look at me! It's bragging. But yeah. if I had that kind of money, maybe I'd want to go to I mean, space. If <laughs> the Guardian is next, and um, if you ever wanted a... a uh, actually, we're going to skip that one, and we were going to go to the sun, and John Travolta has been spotted in Weatherspoon. Which is... He loves... People don't know that about John. I mean, John and I go way back, and people don't know that he's a big Weatherspoon fan. Like, that's why he comes over here, he flies on his jet by himself, just get, get those cheap pints in. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's, he's filming a short film in Norfolk, and, yeah, he was in Morrison's as well. Uh, and people sort of went up and went, are you John? And he was like, I suppose he was very nice and uh, took photos of them. And I don't know why he went to Morrison's instead of uh, Waitrose. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, no, it's just that he sent his assistants out to Waitrose uh, during the week. And then he went to Morrison's himself. So I don't know if they were like, 
don't want to go to that Waitrose, mate. You, you're, you're more of a Morrison's. It wouldn't be great if you were in, you're in Morrison's or you were in uh, um, Witherspoon's and you saw him and you started playing the soundtrack to Pulp Fiction and see if he would get up and start dancing. He was a teenage. Yeah, I'm sure that he'd be that. really happy if he did that. Yeah. Right, you've got 30 seconds to do sausage water. Who's doing sausage water? Oh, gosh, yeah. There's a, in Norway, they sell sausage water at football stadiums or something. Uh, it's there. It's there. Oh, is it you? Do, you do. You, Dave, yeah, you do. No, you got sausage water. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're selling sausage. Okay, rancid. Fans horrified as Europa Conference League team sells sausage water as stadium drink. Football fans are up in arms after discovering a team is selling sausage water as a halftime drink at their home games. Norwegian champions Bondo Glunk <laughs> have been thrust in the limelight this season due to the success in the UEFA Europa Conference League. Sausage water. It's, it's a drink sold for £2.10. Sausage water. Fantastic. It's not kosher. It's, but the thing is, if you put booze in it, you guys would drink it. Right. Thank you very much to my guests, to Josh Howey and to Dave Fulton. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring.